spirits to flying crystals, our safe haven to explore the many realms of spirituality, mysticism, divinity, psychology, and so much more. I am one of your hosts, Kat. I am your other host, Ellie. And together we are going to dive into this journey with you. Like the full card, the world is our oyster and let's explore. We are so excited to start this process with you. Let's get into it. Hello, divine spirits and wanderers. I am your host, Kat. I am a spiritual consultant, an energy healer, as well as a wellness advisor. If you'd like to learn more about the services that I provide, please visit our website, which I have linked down in the show notes. Or you can check out my personal Instagram, which is the Wild Dragon Lady. I look forward to meeting you. Love and light. Blessed be. Kisses to all. I am so excited to begin this with you. And now let's begin the show. Hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome. Today we are going in on our first podcast episode of Flying Crystals. And the topic, as you may have read, is what is your definition of success? And how do we define success in this new energy? So we're going to first, if you can tell that my voice is very calm and slow right now because we're going to go do a little visualization exercise and you can join with us. We're just going to close our eyes and take a few deep breaths and think about the question, how do I perceive success? Okay, so I want you to take a moment now that you've thought about that question and you have taken that breath and slowed down. We are going to talk about what success means to us because in the last little while, we have completely redefined what success is. Since obviously, I am sure that for many of you, what came to mind was career based or financial or maybe it was like a image of something like an image of you being somewhere a house a house a car a family like a pretty family with no issues like maybe success looks like a life without struggle maybe if you're a little bit more in tune with this question and have asked yourself it before and have really dove in Maybe yours is about personal satisfaction, freedom, a sense of freedom, control over yourself and only you. Um, Maybe your version of success is lacking control, is letting go of control. Maybe your version of success is just letting go in general. Success is go. The reason why we wanted to ask this question is because success is unique to each of us. We have been told from a very early age that success is meant to look a specific way. It is the car. It is the house. It is the perfect family. It is the money, the job, the six-figure bank account, 
not even a bank account it's a six-figure salary it's like a seven-figure bank account now who we've been taught to chase this image of success but a lot of us until now haven't slowed down to ask is this what we define success as is this what we truly want Mm-hmm. success to look like but that's not what i look at success i mean yeah i love the idea of a shiny white new mercedes with red leather interior but that has nothing to do with the fact that it's a shiny white mercedes with red leather interior and everything to do with the fact that i love corella deville and it reminds me of that and i mean like corella deville from once upon a time which i won't give you any spoilers but if you've ever seen it she's a bad vibe like she's a baddie vibe She's one of the three queens, like the baddie queens, and her Rolls Royce with the vintage Rolls Royce with the white tires, the red like velvet interior, and the black with the white stripe down the middle is is an essential Uh, vibe. But um, that is something that my ego does love and my higher self laughs at because it's hilarious and it reminds me of something of my childhood. I always liked not the old cranky Cruella DeVille, though I will admit she also had an essence to her. It was one that reminded me of some people that I knew, but not in the positive. <laughs> no, I like. I'm like, huh. I think I recognize that cigarette smell that they painted there really freaking well, and that attitude has some like some some familiarities. Not the killing the animals and skinning them. They didn't have that kind of money, but <laughs> they did have that kind of vibe. And instead, they just turn that energy towards us. Um, vulnerability. Getting on, getting into it. Yes. But so, this year, I've had to, like, last year, 2021, was my year to, like, really dive in and figure out what success was to me. Because, I mean, I went from working at a vet hospital to stripping full-time after breaking my collarbone between those two things and I broke it by stripping and I fell off the fucking pole and returned like three months later which should have been a sign in itself that I might have needed to slow down a little bit more but I returned stronger and I was like this seems right and it took me that whole year to actually come face to face with what I was running towards And by running towards that, what I was actually running from. And I was running from my definition of success as a higher self chasing the dollar to prove that I had something that everybody wanted. And that was a lesson I needed to learn. And it took me a while to learn because my Aries and Saturn really, really likes to put those lessons in hard. And I, in response, like to dig in. And not learn those lessons and defiant. As my best friend told me that maybe I needed to leave the club and gave me options to do so. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that because I wanted to stay with what was easy. Chasing the dollar, that fast dollar, so easy. And familiar. And familiar. It is familiar. Safe. Very. And it is that in... A lot of people will have told me, they're like, no, that is not easy. That was not an easy job. I'm like, absolutely not. That job wasn't easy. I desensitized from my body for months. That job was far from easy. But it was familiar. Because as a woman, it's very easy to fall into sex 
as a form of getting money. Like that is when you learn at a young age that what your body, your relatively free-ish body, I mean, it's technically negative money because it requires, you know, stuff to remain functional. As annoying as it is, you need to eat, um, which I love eating. I do. I love food. It's just the fact that I have to do it that annoys me. I would like to have the choice to consume and sustain myself on pure thought. I think it would make those thoughts really eat like that. Oh, that would be such a nice way to like use up all that emotional energy, like to really be fueled by something that I could sustain personally, like a plant inside my body. Be like, fueled by sunlight. Yeah, to energy. just photosynthesize and not have to consume external food. Just sit outside and be like, the sunlight tastes great. Yes. All right, off to the pool. Yeah. Like, that would be the dream. But sadly, I have to come back to Earth once in a while and remember that there are some physic laws that I can't actually define, like defy. That's that Aries right there that's like, no, I'm going to burn a path through like physics and then physics is laughing at me along with my ancestors and higher self that are just like haha she'll figure it out eventually maybe after she keeps hitting these invisible walls yeah a few smacks <laughs> she falls jesus i ran off the cliff assuming i could fly and then physics is like we told you that this isn't how that works and i'm like watch me and then I had to figure out how to claw myself up the cliff after falling, like, oh. all the way down and being like, <gasps> so you may have had, there may have been some things that you said that had some truth to them. <gasps> Just a few. Yeah. Not all of them. Definitely not. Definitely not. No. Falls off cliff again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, now I understand why my defiant ass had to go through those paths to slow down and learn and hear and i had to go away from source to find source again and find whole source because the source that i was connecting with the energies that i was connecting with before were awesome and they were great but they were trapped in toxic positivity because i wasn't allowing myself to see the duality in earth and i was trying to move away from the negative entirely and rip my body apart in the process i literally spent months like watching my um darker side run towards one thing and then my lighter side go no no this is the right direction this is where we're supposed to be this is how we're supposed to be going they're supposed to look like this and i never slowed down enough to think maybe i'm not supposed to have either maybe there is a third option where i don't have to choose dark or light or happy and not happy or this intensity and then no intensity maybe there is an in a balance between the two where we find intensity within the light we find that darkness in what we find light because without that darkness we forget how beautiful the success of finding this is so that brings us back to our original question how do we define success? How do you define success? Now that we've gone on a small tangent about it, that is, is your success financial? Is it personal? Is it an accomplishment that you have made? Is it a place where you find yourself now? Or have you moved out of one negative place into a more positive one? 
Have you found success outside of the societal expectations of it? Because if you have, I am here to congratulate you. And I'm here to tell you that that is not easy to define your success as something different than the group. But we are here for it. And I am here to support you because your success, your personal success is more important than the group success. It is more, it's more beautiful. It's more unique. It's spectacular because with your unique success, you start actually living in authenticity because that's what success is. Success is being authentic in the natural state of who you are, which is vulnerable and in love. That's at least for me, my success. I have found success in love. That is where I am the most happy. That is where my life feels like it fits in place is when I surround myself with an endless, unconditional love. And I provide an endless, unconditional love to the people who are in my life. There is a quote about this that actually, before I started recording this, popped up because the universe knows and it makes sure that we know. And it is by, can you tell, can you say that name again? I forget that name. Oh, Paulo Coelho. Oh, Coelho. Sorry, my English is, for some reason, as a lifelong English speaker, still doesn't work. <laughs> you will have, you will hear throughout these podcasts that there will be days where I have a completely different accent from who knows where. <laughs> I pronounce A's in the most intriguing of ways. It's very fun. So, Paulo Coelho is from the, what, Jesus, that's so small. The Winds Journal, no, Minds, Jesus Christ, it's the Minds Journal. Again, it is a really small picture on my tiny phone screen. And currently, right now, I'm not good with technology. It's that Mercury retrograde thing. So inconvenient at times, though. Helping me with my communication skills all the way. Um, and it's from the Minds Journal, and it says, So I love you because the entire universe conspired to help me find you. And this is exactly what it what love feels like to me. It's every single person that has walked into my life, I love. Good and bad. Lessons that were positive and negative. Because those people were meant to find me, and I was meant to find them, and I know I helped them in some way, even if it doesn't look like it, to the, like, I guess, societal expectation. I, that to me is so beautiful and so important because as a person who, like, my life tends to, like, when I am not actively working, my life goes right into love. That is my, like, actual home stasis is love specifically romantically i have really i wouldn't say bad habit because i don't really want to describe it as a negative but in the most vulnerable of ways i have a habit of making my relationships my life because i feel love in such a deep and like cosmic way that it literally feels out of body and at times that feeling is very addicting. And at other times it is when there is dissonance in my relationship, it is deafening because that is such an out of body feeling. Like my emotions are so big and so deep that anything that people that once I let you close, 
And as I've been living in my most successful way, which is with an open heart chakra, like living in open love, more and more people are getting closer and closer to me. Like I am having room to love more and more people. And the few that make it into that inner circle, that really tight group, those people have the most beautiful effect on me. Like it's the only way I can describe how that feels is it's truly this feeling of, um, hand me that journal. Um, a word I used for it when I was meditating was, um, is Ariyuma. And it isn't a word in a language on earth. I honestly won't be able to tell you what language that is because I don't remember the name. It's been so long, but it means a love between two souls who are connected beyond physical definitions. And it is this deep knowing of just where they are, that they're always with you, that there is this light that follows you. It's this energy that's with you at all points at all time. And I feel it constantly. And when that energy is feeling in dissonance, I feel it too. And when that energy pulls away, it feels so big that I have a hard time stepping outside of it. And it really affects my work life. And that's what this year is about because that was what I was running from. This That was what I was running to the dollar. That was why I was running to the familiar definition of success is I was running away from how big my definition of success is. And it scared me and it does scare me. It still does. I still feel fear when it comes to love because it is so big. It is so grand. Like it, I feel love from the universe, from the people that I meet on the streets. Like I meet, I feel love from my partner. I feel love from my best friend. Like I feel love on a daily basis in everything I'm doing. So it is this over, this huge feeling. And then when something changes, it's this feeling doesn't, isn't feeling like it used to anymore. And it's deafening how different that is. And it throws off my work balance because now that I've redefined my definition of success, I now have to redefine my definition of life. And that's, that's where it's hard. That's why we keep running to what's familiar. That's why we run to the dollar. That's why we run to that car, that house, those different forms of armor. That's why we continue to wear brands and give them the ability to heighten their prices to an, an inflamed level that's why we excuse people for having inhumane backgrounds that's why we don't like look into companies we don't do the work because it's easy it's comfortable to fall into what's expected it's easy and comfortable just to follow the status quo and play the game and win it we all have the capability of winning the game the rules are laid out there it's not that hard to follow them it's extremely hard to create your own game and win in a game that has no rules, that doesn't exist, that is a complete and open board. And actually, you, when you start to do that, you realize that there is no board at all, that you step outside of the board and your world is turns into the universe. It does. It is open. You have everything 
at your fingertips and you have everything in you to create whatever you want. And that is so hard. And for many people, that is overwhelming. The amount of choices are overwhelming and you get stuck in a dilemma of un of you don't have the skills yet. You haven't practiced and you get you allowed those beliefs that were there that you need a perfect way, like story. Because that's the thing we get hung up in. It's not in the actual like dollar. It's not in the outcome. We want that outcome. We get hung up and caught and trapped in the story of how we got there. Because we don't want to share our story if there's flaws. But name one person you know that didn't make a mistake. Name one millionaire you know that didn't have a like a fail of some kind. We don't learn from success. We only learn from mistakes. That's the beauty of life. Is that negative? That was something that I had to learn is as much as I would love life to be all light and love and just joyous. I actually met a person who showed me the darkness in the world. That's because I wouldn't listen to it in the softer ways. So I had somebody come and smack me in the face with either lies or reality, but whatever it was, it was dark and he was dark. And because I was running to this image of beautiful light and this positivity and ignoring that there were dark sides in my creation, my darkness inside me, the dark parts of me, the ones I wasn't feeding, I wasn't allowing to exist, oh, they took over. They were like, oh, it's my turn to play. And they would run. They would run towards this person. This person dragged me to the darkest low I have ever been in my life. Like I have been to like lower lows, but he dragged me to the low where I actually had to face the corners of myself I don't like looking at. He showed me that there are pieces of myself that scare me more than anything in that world outside. Like I, the potential I have because we all have the potential for such light and love. There's also the potential for such a deep, overwhelming darkness. And that is not something people are really want to hear. And that's why we'll just leave it at that for this, because that is something that not everybody is ready to face. But it is a huge part of success, because once you do face it, nothing can. St if you are what scares you the most, nothing in this world can stop you. Like truly nothing. If what scares you the most is external, of course it'll stop you. Because that's the only thing you'll focus on. And you'll buy that house and that car and that outfit and those clothing. You'll buy, you'll do the traveling. You'll go to all of these glamorous places. You'll do all of this stuff. Because if you stop, that external thing will be the only thing you focus on because you need to. And the universe is doing that for a reason. Because if you don't look at that, if you don't look at this thing on the outside and face it, you will not understand your own potential and you will not grow. But the only way you can truly face this thing on the outside 
is by turning and looking at the thing on the inside that's creating it. Because external fear is created by internal fear. It doesn't come from just the outside. Because obviously we all experience external traumas. I mean, I've been almost hit by a car multiple times because I didn't particularly like watching where I crossed the road when I was younger. Something about keeping the bangs in front of my face so that way I looked mysterious. <laughs> High school was a lovely time. Seen, not seen me was like a total vibe in herself. But I would keep the bangs with like three slits so that way I could still see like where I was going, but only in front of me because, um, well, probably because the world was like really, really like overwhelming to my teenage self. But I thought back then that it made me mysterious and like that's what people wanted as I went online and played with people, like online people because I couldn't talk to humans. <laughs> that was that was my lovely high school. Oh, we will go into so much detail about that because high school cat is she is a moment but i mean i've almost gotten hit by several cars and i am not afraid of driving i'm not afraid of crossing the street because my fear my internal fear hasn't projected onto that but most of my fear comes in love because as i said my biggest success like my life story is about love so obviously that's where all of my fear is gonna be like, I, one of my biggest fears is loving somebody more than they love me. That is a heavy one to sit with. Because I give so much. And I have been in those relationships where I've loved harder. I've been in that relationship many, 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 many times. More than I can count. And it's currently one of my biggest fears in the relationship I'm in right now. Because it it's just, it like, it bubbles up. It's one of the things I feel in the beginning. It just kind of is. Because I fall extremely fast. Once I love you, you're part of the family. Like, it truly, there is no in-between. It's once I, if you have my heart, you are in the family. Like, end of end of discussion there even if you don't want to be you always have the option to be like you just how you just have to do your part and do your work and lift your side and then guess what you're in the family like and your side is much smaller than you might think it is like it truly is but that is one of my biggest fears along with being rejected but i've worked very very hard on that one the strip club helps you so hard on that one because all you do is get rejected like for everything like you know there is something about being practically naked and getting rejected like 40 times a night to like really get you comfortable with rejection a comfortable enough that i would go hide in the dj booth and talk to the guy that i know wouldn't reject me because he was like a total vibe and i love talking to him and i would not work like, I, I got tired of it. I just genuinely got tired of being fucking rejected by, like, like, dusty-ass goddamn men. Like, there is no way I can say that in a nice, like, like all light and zen, like, I'm like, I'm over here, I'm like, perfuma vibes, please. <laughs> perfuma vibes. And I'm like, dusty is the probably the nicest word I can use for that. There is something about the smell of cigarettes and, like, eight hours of booze that just, you can't, you can't get that out of your brain. And 
I mean, imagine being rejected by that on a nightly basis while wearing no clothing, hanging from a steel rod in the sky, like in like the building, twirling at like 26 miles an hour for like $200. When you're in it, that sounds fantastic. Like when you when you're low enough that $200 in an hour is like blissful. Yeah, you're like, shit, all I have to do is talk to this, like this human and I get to go enjoy myself because I love dancing. I get to go look hot. I get some attention, spin on a pole. Yeah, I'll take that. That sounds awesome. Until you look at whose attention you've got. Because it's typically not the like astrophysicist or the spiritual wild child. It's typically the one who I found, who shows you how dark people can be. Because that is one of the most beautiful aspects of the strip club, is it is a place where light, the girls, meets darkness, the guys. Because it is a place where all of the people from the shadows can come and play in the light and then go back like nothing happened. And that is a exhilarating feeling. Like even now, it is such a turn on because it reminds my ego of what we liked about it. But my higher self is here to make sure that I do not go back there because it sounds awesome. Like it, it doesn't even sound awesome, but when, you, when you've been there, when you're like, when you've been in it and you've tasted that level of energy, it is really awesome there is something about having an entire building of people like a crowd of 200 people watching you and wanting you with every bit like a nerve in that moment of their body knowing they can't have you and taking whatever crumb they can get like there is something that is powerful about that but it's power to the ego because it is not in line with the higher self. And I had to learn that because I, my ego was very strong there. Like my ego loved that attention. I mean, my, I, I have a Leo rising. Of course I loved that attention. And my Scorpio, ooh, the secrets that they tell. I was basically a therapist. That got my Scorpio's dark side. It fed the dark shadow side of me entirely. Like, I got to spend a whole year feeding my shadow side in a way that made me money. And not like a little bit of money, but like a lot of money. Which only fed my addiction more. Because that's what happened. As my addiction wasn't drinking. I didn't drink when I was there. My addiction wasn't drugs. I, didn't, I wasn't high ever when I was there. I was completely sober. My addiction was people. And that is so much harder to walk away from my addiction was the feeling I got from reading them accurately and being somebody in a place they never expected to actually see them and that feeling there was addicting and it was horrible because I got attached to every single person I read because I can't separate that if I'm diving into that part of me to actually see you, guess what? I actually saw you. I 
went in and saw your soul and saw the light through all that darkness and I grip to it. Like I truly do. Like I truly find that light and I look for it and I'm like, ooh, I can help you. I can bring this light to the surface. But what I don't realize as I have spent my whole life as a Scorpio rising and moon living in the darkness like Pluto is my order of the Lord Pluto is the farthest from the sun and I didn't realize that not everybody does that I actually learned that this year that not everybody plays in the darkness for fun they don't look at their darkness just to be like hmm I feel like changing myself today I'm gonna go look at what I can change that isn't something that a lot of people just do and it never dawned on me because I've been doing it since I was a child. I was always been confronting these pieces of me. And it took slowing down and having somebody actually clothesline the shit out of me. Actually, two people, because the first one clotheslined the shit out of me in a bad way. He clotheslined the shit out of me and then strapped me to his motorbike and went 90 miles an hour and scared the shit out of me. Like... That was the first one. The second one clotheslined me in the most positive voice because I was at that darkness. I was in it. I was, but I was in it ready to leave. I was like, this sucks. I do not like this. I come here every day and am cranky because I'm getting poisoned by gas, but also because this place sucks. That is a long story in its own episode. But like this, I, I, I looked around and you know, like, because girls, you'll know this if you've been there. You know you're ready to leave when you start talking to the dancers more than you start talking to the customers. That's your first sign. If you need a sign, here's your first sign. When you start talking to the girls and, like, you walk out and you look for your friends and completely ignore who's even there other than the people you want to talk to, you're fucked. You're fucked. You need to get out. You need to leave. Because anytime you open your mouth and a guy talks to you, the first thing that, like, the, the first feeling you get is just irritation. And they feel that. You think that they're not intuitive? They might be, like, it might be a dull blade or, like, a blunted knife. But they still feel that you're not happy. And let's be honest. Nothing is more annoying than cranky strippers. When there's a bunch of them. Because if there's one cranky stripper, you can kind of be like, yeah, she's probably just having a bad day. I can go talk to her. But like when there's a little perfume cloud of cranky ass girls who are all naked and then turn their heads and look at you full face of makeup like they're ready to snatch your soul. And they look at you and they go, nah, nah, I'm not vibing. And then the whole crew just just like, nah, we ain't vibing. And just turn around and continue talking to each other. And they're drinking water, which makes it even worse. Because you know that they're all sober and you were going to buy them a drink. And they looked at you and went, nah, I don't even want your drink. You are not worth the effort. Yeah, that is not why people go there. People go there to have fun and just party and just like forget for like a moment. Which I'm not approving. I'm just saying that that's like the like stereotypical vibe. And when you have a perfume cloud of cranky ass like bad bitches calling you out on your weakness, it's not the same vibe and it tends to ruin the club (laughs) because we all feel the same energy. Like the girls feel it, too. We're here like, oh, 
God darn, there's no money here. I don't want to do shit. And the guys are like, God, there's no fun here. I don't want to spend shit. And now you both look at each other from opposite sides of the wall that are just like, nah, I'm not vibing. And it's like, and it's a vicious cycle. So that's your first sign that it's time to leave and go do what you're dreaming of. Like, cause that's why you're like that. You're cranky because this isn't your dream. You don't want to be here. This isn't your life. You have bigger, better plans. So go follow them. Take the jump. You don't need the money. Like, unless you have a family and you're a mother, and I totally understand, and that's mostly what I respect in the club, there is nobody more bad fucking ass than strippers with kids. Because they're there taking care of their children, most likely because somebody is not. Just slide that one in there. But back to the clothesline story so because my second one was i was in that i was coming to work to see the girls and the bartender who i was like low-key crushing on because she was hot as fuck and would make me my drink the second she saw me i walked in and it was not alcohol we would charge men for a drink that didn't exist like and we would just sit there like yes sis and she was a leo with a scorpio rising and as a scorpio with a leo rising it was like camaraderie at the first sight and I would go to see her. I would go to see the DJ, who was like my favorite vibe. And I would spend almost like 50% of the night sitting in the DJ booth with the door shut, talking to him instead of talking to customers, just scoping, just people watching. And also I would talk to like some of my favorite dancers until my favorite dancer left. And then the, that was a sad day for me. I cried a little bit. Um, Like that was truly a sad day. I was like, shit, I'm here to watch the girls versus work. Like, that was what I really should have known. But what the universe did was, three weeks before I got clotheslined by this motherfucker, I said my faded words to my best friend at the time, and I was joking around how I wanted to try a Scorpio. And I should have wrote my gravestone then. (laughs) Um, Because he came in and clotheslined the shit out of me, and I didn't realize he was my twin flame. Because imagine that. And that's why that quote means so much to me. Because it literally is, of course I love you. The universe moved thick and thin to make sure I found you. The day before he left, the freaking state, he walked into into the club I was working at. And I was in the crankiest fucking mood. Like, I legitimately, like, was like, I am cold. And, like, my favorite person is busy and talking to other people, which is annoying. And I... It wasn't the DJ I liked that was on, I think. And if he was, he was busy and not talking to me as much as I wanted. And I didn't want to go on stage. And then this beautifully... Hmm. Irish soul. like, And for me, that is even more surprising because like, I have a tendency to not see me and like I look at people that look exactly like me and avoid them because like that's what you do when you run and this boy looks exactly like me like he is my twin flame he is a copy of me and it was for the first time ever I actually went and introduced myself first and when I say I was a horrible dancer I mean it because I didn't like talking to people I would sit around and wait for them to find me Because I didn't want to go and make the first move. I didn't want to be rejected anymore. I had been rejected enough times. The last person I had met in the club and opened up to showed me the darkest 
parts of myself. I didn't want to go do that again. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to go open up and meet another person who was going to walk away and not in like a cute way either, like walk away and it could be dead way. Like that shit is hard when life, when your success is love, when you fall in love with somebody and you watch them destroy themselves over and over again, doing the same stupid shit like that hardest thing you could possibly watch as a person of love is watching somebody and it's sad. And at that point, I was not comfortable with the emotion of sadness. I couldn't sit there and actually feel how sad I felt knowing that one, this person had lied to me repeatedly, like repeated times. Two, that I was never going to know if he was good, if he's safe or not. Like I would never truly be secure in his own safety. And my light at the time, I had the same freaking fear. Because I wasn't sure if he wasn't going to destroy himself doing the same stupid shit he's continued to do. So I was in this place of absolute, like, ungrounded fear for the people I loved. And I forgot to look at myself. I forgot to take care of myself. I forgot that I need to turn inward. I forgot that I need to slow down and be with myself. And that if this is the fear I'm living with, that I am afraid for the safety of the people I love and they don't give a shit about their own safety, I shouldn't be surrounding myself this closely with them. I can still love them and I still do, but that I can't love them from a distance of inner circle because all I see is their pain and their self-loathing and their like their trauma that they won't deal with and as a person who as i said has spent my life facing my own trauma and redefining it and redefining myself in the process watching people unable to do that was horrible and it was hard and it hurt more than anything i have ever experienced in my life i have never felt the kind of pain than i have in that moment in those months I truly had no idea if the people I loved would text me back the next day, the next week, the next month. I truly had no idea. And for all I knew, they might just stop texting that morning. Like I might just wake up one day and never hear from either of them again because they took such stupid risks and they would tell me repeatedly that they did the calculations they just added them up wrong and i'm like you shouldn't have even been doing the math it was the answer was there before you even started you just didn't want to slow down long enough to look and i didn't want to slow down long enough to admit that your devastation was causing me true heartache that I could feel your pain. I could feel it physically, mentally, and I lost myself in their pain. Like, I tried to love them for them because that's what I do as a being of love. I am very self-sacrificial at times and I will love you even if you don't love yourself. And that is something I have had to learn to stop doing. Because I can't love somebody more than they love themselves. I can't fix them that way. I can't teach them to love themselves by loving them harder. That is so 
difficult to sit with and become comfortable with because that's when you have to realize that you have no control over other people and they can continue. It's their right to continue making stupid decisions. They have every right to do that. They get to choose their life. If they want to continue running into the mousetrap, they get to do that. And one day, it'll snap their fucking neck. And that is their consequences. And that is really hard to live with when you when you love somebody. It's hard to sit there and watch somebody play around with death. Like it is. It's it feels so final. And you have to I had to remember, I had to learn that one I can't stop them from playing with that trap. If that's what they're addicted to, then that's what they're addicted to. And the most I can do is offer my support and gracefully step away because it is not conducive to my mental health and my own healing to be near somebody who only plays with death. And then the other thing is I have to remember that they will learn the lesson, that I don't have to be their lesson. Their lesson will come in this lifetime or if they keep playing with death, it'll have to be in the next one. And that's that's as simple as it is. And that is so hard to learn from. I It sounds like I understand it now. And at times, I really, really do. At times, I can really sit with that knowledge and not feel a aching like urge to run and help. But there are moments where I fall back into this need to love you. So you stop playing with your own demise. And that was that is how I redefine my success. That's what I was doing. I was playing with death. I was extremely risky when I was in that place because risks don't feel as risky when you're surrounded by darkness. Like you don't realize how dangerous some of the shit you do in the dark is until you start shining light on it. Like you truly don't. And now when I look back, I'm like karmatically and re like physically some of that stuff was not healthy for me i played with some like mine was more with people but i would let and attach and let in energies that i really should not have been around with people whose energies are so dark that i should have literally i used to see it and i'd be like "Ooh, that darkness looks fun i'm gonna try and help it or i'm gonna go play with it and i really should have been moving the other direction i should have been like "Ooh, nope and then like walked the other way but I was still learning and I don't fault my younger self for that. I have very little darkness in me as much as I I have lived with so much darkness that it doesn't feel like darkness for me because it was mostly mental. And I have said things to myself that you couldn't even imagine. Like I've gone to dark places with myself and come out and that is a war I fought alone. And because of that, those external fears seem very small. And I trust my intuition very, very strongly. So if I don't get a feeling of like mal intent towards me, I tend to not see how dark that darkness is because it's not directed at me. But I forget that darkness attracts darkness. And that that's what gets me like truly. That's what it is, is I have to remember that there is more behind a person than what meets the eye. And that was my that was my lesson in 2021. And that was a really, really long and hard one. 
but it brought me to where I am now. And it brought me to this person who clotheslined me in that darkness. Like he stopped me in my tracks and I actually did something that I never do. I took him out of the club and I have actually never done that before. Even with the person, the dark one, I actually never did anything with him. I never took him out of the club. I stayed in the club because I felt how dark he was and knew I didn't want to cross that border. I didn't want to cross that line. I tempted it and I played with it. I played on that, like I walked that tightrope, but like I never actually really wanted to cross that line. So I didn't. But my, I had a war to handle inside my body before I was able to look at that line and actually walk away from it. And that was something that truly I fought alone. Like, or, well, actually, no, that's not fair to the person I was with. The light, like my, I had a person in my life that was very light who helped me fight that. And I would have crossed that line if he wasn't there. And I know that. I would have crossed that line and I would have found my way back in this lifetime or another. But I would have crossed that line and regretted a lot more. And I'm very thankful for ha and grateful for that person being there, even if I didn't know it as much as I do now in that moment. But that was something I had to learn. And it was something that I like, I truly, truly never take people home from the club. Like I never talk to people outside of the club. I don't meet people outside of the club because there's a reason why I liked that that space i liked having my like affair with darkness in four walls with bouncers and cameras because even though i was playing with fire i still made sure that there was a fire extinguisher near me in case something happened because at least at least i thought it out a teeny bit i wasn't really aware of what i was doing i didn't realize how severe the fire I was playing with, I didn't realize it's like when you play with like gasoline and fire, it can go, kind of get a little combusty. But I was, I was still, still a little very precautious. I've always been very, very precautious. So that was the when this person like came into my life, it was different. It was weird. It was something like. I have truly never felt so connected to somebody in such a short period of time. Like, I've never felt that. And the funny part of it is that he didn't even realize he clotheslined me. He doesn't even know that I love him. Like, truly, he doesn't, he is so unaware of what he's in for me. And it's, I mean, I actually, you know what? That's underselling him a little bit. He is very intuitive, as he is a Scorpio. So chances are he is aware, but don't, won't allow himself to know it. Because that requires self-trust. But I will update you later. But that is, he did a lot more than he realized. He changed my entire energy flow. With like one night. Changed my entire energy flow. And I actually did a few things I don't typically do. And not like in a sexual way. I, well. Well. Not an entirely sexual way. I mean, the collar thing is not something I've ever done with anybody else before. And I've never actually been... I've never released control before. That was what it was. It was, I've never released control. And I actually sang 
in front of him that night. And I have had never, oh my God, even now that's hard to say. Like, I do not sing in front of people. I do not like singing in front of people. I have gotten yelled at as a child for singing too much. So I do not sing in front of people. Like, I'm just starting to be able to feel comfortable, like, having that, like, singing along with a song and I'm not alone in a car. Like, truly, I do not sing in front of people. Like, at all. And I did in front of him. A person I had never met. Like, I did not know, but knew I knew. And knew was important. Without knowing that he was. Because the universe brought love into my life at the precise moment that I needed it. Because it knows. The universe knows. My success now, I can define my success entirely by the love of the universe and being in line with my highest self by feeling the love of the people around me and making sure that they are also living in a place of love and support and life and know that I am always there because that's the true success for me. That is how I really feel accomplished. And in like it's it's being of service for the people, like for people who are in love, people who do love and people who I love. It is being there and even when they don't want me there it's just still being there even if it's like because that's the thing was like i've always really been extremely understanding okay maybe not always um sorry that that was a lie that my younger self was incredibly uh, not understandable and used to bitch about like everything like literally everything if you changed my like when and when i say younger self i mean like 12 like the young young self we're like if you changed my flow um all that energy that you're distorting your problem now because i didn't understand how to handle the immense amount of emotion i have and also my sister is a scorpio moon so and a leo and with an aries rising and i am a double scorpio with a leo rising so you can just imagine how similar we are, like, with complete opposite belief systems, but, like, the same core. So, like, she ended up being the one who would deviate my energy the most, and I would turn that energy on to her, which was not her fault. And I do really feel bad for some of the times I did that. A few times it was really fun, and we ended up having, like, really awesome adventures. But a few other times I probably traumatized her quite a bit. Um like definitely there's no problem yeah definitely is probably the better word and i it sounds like i'm happy about that it's more that i'm happy that i can say that without being weighed down by guilt anymore because i do feel bad about some of the things i did and she did not deserve that energy like a good 95 percent of the time there was a good five percent of the time when her scorpio moon came out and she deserved all that energy not that she not that she would, she will not let me forget that I said that, but she liked to deviate her energy at me too. So, you know, you know what they say about being reincarnated into families with past enemies? I can attest that that's a thing. Like, that is truly a thing. A lot of times, the people that you were karmatically at war with in your last life come back as family in your next life so that way you have to make nice with them because the universe plays these really fun 
things where they're like, if we put you together for life, you will finally karmatically like right this wrong. And we're over here like, no, I'm going to make it really, 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 really bigger. Like I'm going to make it so much worse and then hopefully release it. Or I'm going to see you in the next life as my like wife. So it depends how it goes. But or twin flame, whichever. But so she like I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but um no, she like what was I talking about before I was talking about Tanner? Him. Yeah, but what part of him? <clears throat> Clothes lining. He, he had a bigger impact on you. I feel like that was a way, way farther, farther back. Huh. My brain just went out the window. Because that's going to be like a huge part of this podcast is me and my sister's history. Because like we would butt heads. Like we would be having like the most joyous time for 30 minutes and then just randomly out of nowhere biggest fight you would like it would be and it would be over like everything for the last 20 years that have happened like big ass fight would have to separate would come back together and share ice cream and then fight over something completely different that would also create a completely different big ass explosion to then go bother our parents like (laughs) about it like it'd be like i'm right no you're no i'm right no i like google's it google tells me i'm right she goes and corrects like she goes make sure that i'm right with my mom's opinion like i'm like all right cool neither of us can we're both fixed signs like my house is two fixed sign children with a cardinal mother as aries and my dad is the mutable gemini so he just kind of is on like the rope hanging on for the ride with no other men except for his dog who is a like carbon copy of him he is the twin flame soulmate that like my dad needed because my dad though he has many issues truly is surrounded by three powerhouse women with very strong opinions about everything including him (laughs) if not especially which is why i give him a lot of credit i give my mom a a lot of credit as well because those three powerhouse women made him a tiny bit irritable in certain ways just a little bit but my sister is a leo i am a scorpio and my mom is an aries these are all very strong feminine energies like like in the feminine house they are they are not subtle they aren't like it, it like as you're a virgo you know that like your feminine energy comes in a very soft and compassionate way like in a way that's like here let me help guide you and my energy is like get the fuck over here we're going on a ride and i'm like and you're like i don't want to i'd say you had a choice (laughs) and then i'm over here i'm like and my higher self is like that's narcissistic i'm like yes but it's for their higher good and it's like that's still narcissistic and they need to choose and i'm like hmm I'm 14 and I'm going to ignore you and continue to drag them to like through a movie style, like collage of their darkest self and all the things they don't like about themselves before they are very significantly before they are ready to face any of this shit. Because I'm like, because they'll be better off afterwards, because like the universe, 
But without the universal law and knowledge of the future, I was like, they're going to face this and it'll make it better. And I'm going to do it in a really difficult way. And then they're like, like the universe is like, they don't have the knowledge to learn this yet. You're going to continue fighting the same fight for the next 20 fucking years. And I'm like, huh. But this time might be different because I'm the eternal optimist. Like, I sound pessimistic a lot, but that's because I'm so optimistic that I've learned to be pessimistic. And the fact that this life has a whole other side, I, as a child, liked to ignore. I didn't love, I've never been good at learning duality. I've never really been good at it. Um, I like extremes. I like big happy, don't like big sad. Um, And there's no in-between either. There's no little sad. And there's no, like, little happy. It's, like, big happy, big sad, me, in between both of them. And now I understand that I can be happy during the big sad and happy during the big happy. And I can find the happiness in the moments between the two. But there aren't that many. There's not too many moments between the two. Like, if I had to take a guess. But back to the other topic that I was talking about. Clotheslined by my success. Um, Because truly, I find success in family that's truly it is i find success in family and love and the in my perspective family is a lot bigger than it is for others like that's something i think that that is a lot of people when they hear family they imagine either blood or water which i'll describe that in a minute but for me family is all if you Put yourself in my orbit and carry yourself. You are family and you will always have family. I truly am and have always been the eternal, like maternal spirit. So for me, anybody is family. If they are open and honest and lead with love and understand light and dark and truly do their own work and do the work on themselves they are family and i can love you at the distance of family it's when you don't do the work it's when you get stuck in the mud that i can love you still but not at the distance of family because when you get stuck in the mud and when i did i used to do it a lot more too but when we get stuck in the mud And we only see the mud. We forget that we can swim. And by forgetting we can swim and dropping gratefulness, because that's what that is. Swimming is gratefulness. When you forget that, you stop breathing. And while as humans, we are very adaptive. So we'll learn to breathe underwater. But why learn to breathe underwater When there is an abundance of air three feet above your head. And it's that that I can't love at the distance of family because it causes me so much pain. And all I want to do is reach my hand into the water and just sit there and have my hand there for you to grab when you are ready. And I can do that for a short period of time with family. But if I spend the whole time with my hand in water, I will slowly begin to sink under the surface looking for you to find your hand because I tend to want to grab and yank you up 
not realizing that you need to take my hand. You need to pull up. You need to swim. And by yanking you, I am enabling and cutting short the lesson. And it will repeat, and I will have to do it over and over and over again until you learn to pull yourself up from the ground, from that mud, to see that oxygen-rich world above your head. And that is something that he did for me. Because that was the funny thing, is I had fallen into that mud, gotten stuck there. I actually had my head in the mud, not in the water. I wasn't swimming anywhere. And this boy came, man, sorry, this man came along and yanked my ass out of the mud, dropped me back in the water and said, swim. Like, truly. And I was like, huh, what? Uh-huh, okay, swim. And then swam to shore I did and realized that there is so much abundance that the oxygen is there and turned around and saw that he is still fucking swimming because he wasn't out of the water when he yanked me. He was just higher up. And I'm like, oh, shit. All right. Got to turn back. Time for me to go clothesline him. Mm-hmm. And won't that be a fun story? But because that... That is the thing, is I lead with vulnerability. That is my success. My success is I can now be vulnerable without feeling fear. I can surround myself with love and family. Money means, like, literally nothing. Like, truly not. I can be poor and be happy. And I can be rich and be happy. And I have found more happiness in this form of poverty that I am in right now than I did when I was chasing money and actually living in a pretty decent level of money. For like where I was in my life and in this poverty, so to speak, um, because I I say that because I don't view not having money as poverty. I view not having vision as poverty. For me, if you don't have money, you can still be the wealthiest person in the world if you believe in yourself. Truly, truly. Intellectual property has more value than our society puts on it. And we will get that's a whole nother episode. But For me, in this form of poverty that I am in currently, which is financial in nature, I have been richer than I have. I have found more wealth and more light and more love and more vision than I had when I was, quote unquote, successful. Because that lack of money left room to find gratefulness to find love, vision, success, light. I have now in that, in this darkness, I can dream. And in that darkness, I was only chasing other's dreams. I I was, I wasn't even chasing dreams. I was chasing stars, not realizing that they were just lights. Now I can see constellations and planets. And I know that they're so much closer than we think they are. Like truly, truly, the knowledge we have on this planet is a collection of worlds of knowledge in one lifetime. And all we have to do is ask to see it, ask to feel it. The universe will move those people, those situations, those clotheslines into our life. All we have to do is stop and find the success in them, good or bad, positive or light. The success is 
always there. And hindsight is twenty twenty, and I will admit that because when you're in it, it does feel fucking awful. And it is very easy to make bad decisions when you're in it, especially when you are leading with emotion. And as the queen of emotion, I can tell I can tell you that I used to lead pretty badly with emotion. I had a tendency um, to criticize people, try to change, try to control them, um, criticize myself, control things I couldn't control, um, stay in poor environments, you know, stay in poor belief systems, ideologies, be just all around stubborn. But that was part of the learning process. And there's, in hindsight, I can see the light in there, and I did find light in those moments, too. I really did love rolling a joint and eating a nice breakfast and drinking out of a wine glass every day. Well, um, yeah, that was actually really nice. I had nobody telling me what I had to do. That was to my own detriment, but I did truly love spending two hours in the morning cooking a breakfast, rolling a joint. I don't actually smoke anymore, but then it was very harmful and helpful, but rolling a joint cooking my breakfast, looking out on my balcony at the entertainment of the streets. Um, Surrounded by plants. I was surrounded by plants. Oh, yes, I would spend like a good hour watering all hundred of my plants. Oh, yes. Casting spells in my meantime, meditating here and there, taking a few selfies every once in a while, doing yoga every morning. Like, I found light in that darkness, and it showed me that there is going to be light in the future. And I did deviate from that path a little bit. I actually had somebody come and knock me off that path. Um, I had two people, three, technically three, if I count her, but she was a friend. Um, but, and then after I fell from that start, like, that place of what I thought was, like, the high life, I fell because I needed to fall to realize that that was not my full potential. That was barely even a fraction of my full potential. And now, in this, in that low, I started to dream again. I started to see again. And then I did what I needed to do. That clothesline, that person who clotheslined me, like he knows who he is too. And I really hope that he truly believes every word of this because he needs to because I know that he does question a lot I can feel his anxiety um like truly I am incredibly intuitive as a person and when I am close to people I feel their stuff and I have to remember that not everybody is ready to face what they're feeling and I have to be patient which is like patience is my biggest test right now I am horrible horrible at being patient like oh my god i'm like why aren't you on like why haven't you solved this already isn't it that is it don't isn't it as easy as looking at yourself and finding the darkest piece in you and then just being like cool i accept this and move on like and i forget for some people that accepting part is a lot harder than it is for me because i'm like cool I can do some dark stuff if I was put in a position to do some dark stuff. Intriguing. I, I'm i going to go choose light now and get an Oreo because I'm hungry. Like, 
that's like that can be my process not not for the darkest one i that undersells that darkest moment that darkest moment took like three months of like absolute crying heartbreak and like i had to go camping and if you know anything about me i've been camping twice in my life and once i was like eight with my family in a wood cabin in florida like that's not camping and then because the universe tried to trick me into not liking camping um the temperature dropped to 32 degrees in florida and we had no clothing to prepare for that because i was in southern florida where it's not supposed to get colder than 45 degrees on the low lows and like truly it's not supposed to get colder than like 65 degrees in like my my parents mental theory yeah no it dropped to 32 degrees and we didn't sleep for five days um oh yes that was a fun that was fun camp so that was my first camping experience and i was like nope i don't like this so my next camping experience i went alone into the woods of delhi and if anybody knows where that is it's in the catskills of new york and let me tell you it is very quiet at night in the in the forest when you've never been there alone and you can't bring a gun because new york sucks and you don't have a license um not that technically you need one for a shotgun but you know again that's a whole nother conversation about the bullshit of america but i had a pocket knife which when it comes to bears is relatively useless and i had to find a way to come to like a comfortable place with my own morale like mortality and it didn't go so well because I was all that was why I had to go there. I had to go there alone and realize that my anxiety has nothing to do with my mortality and everything to do with the two fucking people that I had been focusing all my energy on and then playing with their mortality like it was fucking checkers. So I felt their anxiety all night long. And I had two dogs there, like the like the owners of the like campsite that I rented. Um, they had two dogs that like chilled under it with me. So, like, anytime something would make sound, they would go take off and bark at it, which I thought made me... At the first night, I was like, I think this makes it worse. And then the second night, the dogs weren't there. And I was like, no, that made it significantly better. And this is horrible because it was raining. So every, like, droplet of water would make, like, leaves crack and crinkle. And I'm like, fuck. I am in a, like, I have no view, like, vantage point at all in this scenario. Like, if anything wants to come at me, like, it has free reign, and I am not that fast of a runner. (laughs) Like, I can sprint, but, like, I can't outrun a fucking black bear. And, like, it was the middle of the summer, so you know that that's a mama bear with cubs, and her ass is, like, powered by mama energy, and is, like, unstoppable. Like, truly unstoppable. And I drink tea, like, it is, like, that is, if I was pick one addiction it's tea so i had a jar of honey in my cabin and mint toothpaste because i didn't know that one and um a teapot because i am a little bougie so i brought a stone like ceramic teapot with the fresh tea that i had with me that all smells like hibiscus flowers and other things um the only thing i did right is that i brought only vegetarian stuff So I never cooked anything on the fire. Like, truly never had any sort of, like, fire 
Um, I, the only thing I cooked on the fire was portobello mushrooms, which, let's be honest, to a bear, that seems rather unappetizing. You could probably find something similar in the woods that you didn't have to fight a human for. So that was that was helpful. That's what I told myself in the middle of the night when, like, the anxiety was so bad that I was, like, shaking, couldn't sleep. Like, I was in literal like panic panic attack mode every single night and then during the day i was like hmm this is nice i get to wake up and see this beautiful meadow and like a little deer walked across it one day like a baby fawn and then i got freaked out because i didn't see the mother and um and then there was a small anxiety moment because some of the plants were super shiny and they didn't look like poison ivy but like oil and barefoot through the field don't always go well. It was fine. Turns out I'm immune to poison ivy. But but there was like a bunch of anxious moments. And I'm like, I am not like I'm an anxious person, but like I'm not that anxious. Like like truly I am anxious with certain things. Like when it comes to like the people I love, I get very anxious. Which is why I was so fucking anxious during this trip. Because I wasn't and I was so detached from source and light and love and gratefulness that I could only focus on what could possibly go wrong and not what could possibly go right. Like I was so lost in all of that anxiety because the like that's what happens when you that's like one of the things about love. Like that is truly one of my favorite parts now about love that I couldn't really get to then but I do love it now is that with the ability to love deeply like us humans we have this amazing ability to truly love with our entire soul like we can give our part of our like I mean some of us ascend to such a high place that we can actually split our soul into a mirrored version where it's you've learned so much that you actually can't keep it in one body. Your soul grows so big, it needs to split in two to walk this earth again. Like, that that is a miraculous ability. That is something that only a few people in the, like, scheme of lifetimes actually are able to do. Like, that's what that twin flame love is. And then the people who haven't gotten to twin flame energy yet they can find somebody who was cut from the same cloth as their soul who completely brings them to that place that helps them elevate and rise like you can truly love somebody with your whole being and mean it and not lose yourself in it but with that comes the fact that you feel everything they do they can hurt you like you can hurt like no one else can because with love you like we hurt ourselves the most like let's be honest as like a community here like as a group nobody is more critical and hard and cruel like cruel than our own brain like to our own ego our own ego is our truly our biggest biggest critic like nobody can know like the things you've said to yourself if you slow down and think about how many people have actually said that to you you'll be surprised that it's very few if not if not zero like we are more cruel to ourselves than anyone else but when you love someone their words can hurt as much as our own words do because you love them like you love your soul 
you love them as a part of you. And if you don't love yourself, that can be like debilitating. Their words can hurt you in ways that no one else can. Their actions can stop you in your tracks and not in a fun clothesline good way. Like they can stop you and make you not be able to think about anything else. Like you literally are focusing, you can only focus on what's right in front of you because it's so debilitating. Because you're, you're like you were accustomed to this beautiful feeling of happiness, this big, almost otherworldly and outside of yourself. It feels so much bigger than you when you're in love. You are connected to an energy that is older than time. It's older than this world. It's older than Earth. It's older than the universe. It is what the universe started as. It is truly the original source of energy. And it is beautiful. And the original source of energy also has a duality side. Like there is a duality to everything on this planet. And that duality is pain. With love comes true pain. Because once you love somebody, you give them the power to harm you. And that is overwhelming for many people. And I know this. I know this personally. I know this through experience. I know this through seeing my friends. I know this from hearing it. I know this deeply. That with love can come immense torture. If you allow it to. Because that's the thing. We can't control that. That is just a reality. When you try to change that, when you try to run away from that feeling when you try to run from the dark side of love you end up for missing out on all of the good because what you're doing is you're shutting yourself off from love entirely it is not one and it's not two separate things pain is not separate from love it's a part of it and they come together when you shut yourself off from pain you shut yourself off from love and when you shut yourself off from love that is truly the lowest you can get. You do not get lower than not feeling love. You can, you, some people might try to tell you that. They might try to show you, our society might show you that there are things lower than not having love in your life, but there truly isn't anything that is more devastating than shutting yourself off from love because you're shutting yourself off from yourself, from others, from source, from your potential and your dreams. Obviously, when we dream, we love what we see. And when you shut yourself off to the pain that can come with losing that, you forget to fulfill it. You shut yourself off from creation itself. Love is simply just creation in its rawest form. That's really all it is. Love is a creation energy. It is the connection of two sources as if they are one, as if they are vibrating and sinking into a single frequency. And when you sink to the same frequency, you have the same pain. So if somebody is in pain, if your person at the same frequency as you experiences pain or says something, it hurts them as much as it hurts you. And they might not realize that, but someday they will. Your job is to sit and determine if that is a feeling you can maintain or if it is a feeling that is destroying you. 
that's where karmatic partners come in. That's where those hard lessons in love come in. But they are not there to stop us from loving. They're not there to stop us from living our life. They're not there to shut us off from source. They're there to teach us what we keep ignoring. They're there to remind us that with light, there is dark. You can't tell what light is without knowing what dark is. You can't tell what darkness is without seeing light. Even in dark, even in the darkest night, there will still be stars. And even in the brightest day, there will still be shadows. You can't run away from that. You can't move away from that. You can't deny the reality of that. So why try to fight it? Why try to control something that isn't even yours to control? It isn't meant to be controlled. Why would you try? Why waste your energy doing something so futile when you can really spend your energy learning how to live with that fact in the most abundant of ways? Living life in the most honest and loving of ways. Like, that was my, that was my year. That was my 2021, was learning and redefining success because I had to learn that love is not the absence of challenge. Love is not the absence of darkness. Love is truly and simply the presence of light within your world. And your success is defined by how you feel with that light, how you appreciate that light. That's what defines success. That's what defines my success. And if the, the more people I can help see this, the more successful I feel. <clears throat> I, I am in the middle of defining my success. I awoke this month. I opened my heart chakra for the first time ever. And today actually was a pretty monumental day because I truly discovered what vulnerability is and how strong it makes you. I am in a period of growth and change. I am rediscovering, I'm redefining who I am, and that is okay. This podcast is actually pretty scary for me. And I am not afraid to admit that. Um, this is a, a way to heal because I, I want to teach as well. I, w I want to share my experiences. I, it, it is so important for you to know that you are not alone. Opening my heart chakra was truly... It, it's pain. It was true pain. And I, it felt like a whole awakening. Like I am 22 and I have finally awoken. And I thought I woke before, but <laughs> until you truly awake, you don't, it, <laughs> until you're awake, you're awake. Like that is it. It's undeniable. It's undeniable. It truly, truly is. But yes, I am in the middle of figuring out what success means to me. I'm figuring out who I am, 
and that is okay. But today, this learning that vulnerability is the most powerful is one of the most powerful forms of unconditional love. I have no fear anymore. Like I truly am not scared to be who I am, like to share who I am. And I am not as confident speaking as Kat. And that is, that's okay. Because if I don't, I, I need to share this because there are people who are farther along that are along the path where Kat is, but there are also so many people where I am. So it is very important to show both sides. It's important to share all experiences because we all like have our own journeys and the timeline does not matter. As long as you are true to yourself, like that is truly what I have learned is It is, this is scary. I mean, I'm not scared talking, but it is unfamiliar. The more I talk, the better I will be. But starting out, if, honestly, if someone told me I would be a co-host of a podcast a couple months ago, I would have been like, I think you're speaking to the wrong person because truly... I just never imagined, but that is what life is. Life is, <laughs> life, your journey, we are all on the right path. Like if you are true to yourself, trust in life and things, things happen the way they are meant to be, truly. I reconnected with my mother this morning for the first time. I guess basically ever like after opening my heart chakra like I love my mother but I never told her or I never told her I loved her with unconditional love until this morning and I feel so powerful in being vulnerable being who I am like I this is what true strength is, is, is being who you are and leading with unconditional love. I, w once I figure out what my definition of success is, I will let you know, but currently I do not know, and that in itself is okay. Like, I remember wanting to start a podcast where when I was where you were and I wasn't able to because I didn't have somebody guiding. So I didn't have like confidence in my voice like at all. I had no confidence. I mean, I I had ego confidence, but like, let's be real. Like, that's not that's not the same. Like I had confidence in like my physicalities but I didn't really feel confident in who I was because I didn't feel confident enough to be like, I'm a witch. I'm a spiritualist. I am a lover. 
even now it's still titles are oh, still make me very like it's not uncomfortable per se but titles um are confining yeah they feel confining where and i know that there's like that people tell me they're supposed to feel defining and in some do i some do i like alchemizer i do like that one like i like witch which makes me really happy because i always wanted to be a witch when i was younger like as a, like a kid i loved i loved playing with magic and like i've seen dragons ever since i was a kid like we will go into the magic of my childhood in many 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 more episodes cuz i do love the term witch and i love the term mother that is one of the ones that took a really long time for me to become comfortable with and okay cuz i've actually been told for a very large portion of my life that i would be a horrible mother and it hurts to say like that makes me want to cry like it truly does it makes me tear up because i was not from strangers i was from the people that were closest to me because they didn't trust that i would grow like truly they did not trust that i would grow through my challenges and that hurt and made them last longer because that's the thing about unconditional love is that you believe in that person and you truly love them no matter what choices they make what mistakes they make where they go what happens what they look like in one moment or another it doesn't matter you have full and undeniable trust in every piece of their process knowing that both them and the universe chose that they chose to follow that path and it's good and that's good it's okay that it looks different than yours it should look different than yours there should absolutely be no path that looks the same similar yes but not the same because if it was that easy of us walking the same like easily cut path then we would all go to a very limited end of success we would all end up in the same place and nothing would actually change and what really is life without change it's boring as fuck and it's stagnant and stiff and stifled but and this will be in its own podcast in itself and it might even be our next one cuz we've been told our whole life that humans don't like change and yet we're challenged every moment of every day to find a way to change I truly disbelieve that. And I really I you can come at me with science for that one, but I can come at you with experience to show you that humans are the most adaptable creatures that exist on this planet that we are built for change. Like we excel at it. Once you accept that change is part of life, nothing can stop you. And love is the way that you do accept that. Cuz I love I love everything. Like I love life. I love people. I love animals and things and I just love the beauty of the world. Like and I love the people close to me. Like I love my partner. I love you. I love this podcast. I love being able to use my voice. And as you can tell, my love language is words of affirmation. I'm good at talking. Ellie's is not. Hers is not words of affirmation. That's why it's harder for her to do this. I ex- like I, words are my thing. Silence hurts more than anything else. Truly, truly. Silence is the biggest pain because in that silence I start thinking. And when I think, 
I speculate, I assume, and then I do this really fun thing where I forget that people can't hear me psychically, like how I can hear them psychically. And I forget to have very important conversations because I'm like, oh, yeah, we talked about that. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I talked about that with Spirit You. And Spirit You listened. But I forgot Spirit You still has to go teach physical you. And that was, Spirit You doesn't always teach in the lo- most kind-hearted way. Whereas I told Spirit You in a very compassionate way. Spirit You was like, I got this. And then smack. And then smack, smack, smack. And then like a little like shove. And it's like, see, I did it. I did what you told me to. And I'm like, Okay, so you added a twist, but it wasn't a good twist. It wasn't like the lemon twist. It was like when you drink fruit punch and you find out that there's Everclear in it, and you're like, what the fuck did you just do to me? It's that kind of twist. It's like it's a college dorm, like, freshman year when they're like, this one is jungle juice and this one is who knows what. And you risk it on the who knows what and then find out that it's one, either water, depending on which version of college you're in, or me. You find out that it's, like, whiskey and lemonade and you're like, why? Just why? And they're like, it's all we had. And I'm like, fuck all of you people fuck you this is why i didn't go to parties in college i went to two parties before i went to australia and both one was a football party that i didn't drink at and the other one i drank in my dorm before arriving at the party to find out that i didn't like parties and returned to eat pizza in my room alone and watch how to train your dragons the tv show because that was more entertaining i hated partying in college people were annoying and loud and like noise was just not my vibe i had a bar in my college because i don't drink anymore but i used to i had like my friend bought me like fancy alcohol so that way i could make us like cocktails so we could sip cocktails while studying i was bougie at like 19 21 whatever um we'll edit that part a little bit we'll have a bleep over and we go at 21 um, <laughs> but no like i didn't party until i was in australia and that australia has its own episode like like chapter to go through because australia me was like prime ego peak was me in australia i had like my prime ego moments in there and that was important because you have to get your prime ego to fall from grace to realize that grace is actually in the pits and not in the points which is a great topic for the next episode which is what i will leave you with i will leave you with the final statement at an hour and 36 minutes for our first episode Wow. Wow, I know. (laughs) And my final points is in this episode of how do we find success and how do we redefine success with the statement that nothing is permanent. Because this is what my success is right now. I am okay with my success being simply living with light and love. But who's to say in six months from now, it might be living in light and love with financial abundance. It might be living in light and love in a place where I don't need material things. It could be living single. It could be living with a family. It could be with friends and a huge community. 
and love that is greater and wider than I could have ever imagined. My, what I see as success right now will grow with me. And I will be able to re-record this podcast in six months and tell you how it has or hasn't changed. Because that is the real thing that matters. And I doubt that I will be single. I doubt that I will be in a place where I don't need material things. But that's just how I feel right now. I believe in six months I can prophesy that I will be living in a larger, bigger, beautiful version of the light and love I feel now by welcoming even more people into that, by widening my range, by having this podcast become something that I can share this feeling with the world. My success might expand to being able to speak to people, to be able to share words on a daily basis. My success is finding the love from many sources of many cultures and many places. Who's to say it can only grow? And that is the beauty of everything in this world. And that is how I like to see my success. My success at its core will always be love. But there is always room to expand upon what is there. And I don't need money. And that, that will not change. Like, I do need money. I mean, I do, but I do not need money for my happiness. It is not a contingency. It is a abundance that will follow the love. Because I know if I am open for love, that abundance will come to me. But I do not need millions of dollars. Like, no. Absolutely not. I am so happy to go live in a small town somewhere that's not America. Um, but just... A small town in a tropical place with beautiful spiritual people where I can travel the world with my family forever. Like that truly seems like the most blissful thing. And the money I want is to be able to travel the world forever. To be able to learn forever. To be able to experience without the fear of crashing once that experience is over. That's truly what I see money as in the terms of success. Because that is the other thing. I am not telling you to deny that money is important. It is very important. I will. I do want to leave you with that. Money is important. Comfortability is important. But only when you are getting it, when you're from something that aligns with your higher self. You cannot chase money alone. You have to let it come to you as you develop yourself in a fulfilling and nourishing and successful way. Success comes before money like i cannot stress that enough it becomes before the finances if you do not have success first you will not find it when that money comes and you will not feel appreciative for what you have to the extent that you could and that is something that our society really mixes up but success is that is gives you this beautiful beautiful opportunity to define success with literally any words, any way, any picture that you want it to be. Success is completely up to your decision and no one else. And that in itself is truly beautiful and love. Thank you. I cannot wait to have you join us in our next episode. Light and love. Blessed be. Kisses to all. I give you this wisdom and I am so happy to share this I'm going to say rather big journey with all of you goodbye bye